Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. Now, if you're curious, what is a mystical, what is a mystical business owner exactly? If you work as a tarot card reader like me, or if you're an astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, basically if you're doing any kind of spiritual or mystical art as part of your profession, we are talking about you. And my name is Teresa, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Bree, where are you? Hey, everyone. I'm Bree. Welcome to the show. So we've both been self-employed mystics running our own businesses for decades upon decades. We know what goes into running a successful business, and we know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. So we do this show together once a month because we love sharing the business strategies that we've learned over the years. And we love seeing our fellow mystics thrive and succeed. We truly do. So in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic. And this year, we're all about astrology for business. So today's topic is a ripple in time, Jupiter and Saturn conjunction 2020. This is a big one. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen, and let's get this show started. Well, Bree, we've had some pretty serious conjunctions in 2020, and Jupiter and Saturn conjunction, like you said, this, this is a biggie. This is huge. And I think before we get started on what it's all about, you're always best at explaining those technical things in the most brilliant way. So for our listeners, can you once again go through what a conjunction is? Absolutely. So for Astro Newbies, which we welcome you with open arms, a conjunction is an aspect between two planets. And an aspect is the way that we in astrology talk about relationships. So there are different kinds of aspects. And the conjunction is probably the best known of all of them. When we say that two planets are conjunct, what we're really saying is that they're right next to each other in the sky, right? So the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction, actually Jupiter and Saturn in the sky in real time are going to be right next to each other. A conjunction for most astrologers usually needs to occur between 1 and 10 degrees, which means that there's 1 to 10 degrees of distance between the two planets for them to be considered conjunct. Some astrologers only consider planets conjunct if they're like 1 degree apart or closer, and they will say anything else, they're in an orb of, say, 7 degrees or 9 degrees or 10 degrees. But if you imagine the planets all hanging out of the park, Planets that are sitting next to each other on the park bench are conjunct. That's one of my favorite ways to think about it. Teresa, would you add anything to that? Well, in this time of social distancing, then, a big orb would be two <laughs> planets that are sitting six feet apart, right? Uh, I'm wondering Seriously. I, I like, <laughs> I like a conjunction. Actually, I like all of my aspects to be really tight. I like them to be mm-hmm. zero to five degrees because I think, you know, the further out they are, they're not as impactful, and that's my preference. Now, some readers will use bigger orbs, but I like them tight and right. I feel that that is more intense. But other than that, I love the way you've explained what a conjunction is. So, yeah, that's really clear, Bree. 
Yay. All right. Awesome. Very excellent. Glad you've been of help. So, Teresa, let's talk about what happens when Jupiter and Saturn align in the same sign, when they're conjunct with one another, and how does that impact things? What should we be looking for? Like, what should we be expecting? Well, Jupiter and Saturn, so when you go back to some of the old astrology texts, they were considered like time lords, or some texts called them chronocrators, which I love that name. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it's so cute. I love that. Um, but they signify a really important time. And Jupiter and Saturn, they only come together once every 20 years. And when they do, this is the way it's believed, they set the tone for the next 20 years. It's kind of like they set the trend, like this is what the trend is, this is what the style is, and this is going to be the important topics that we need to be paying attention to. And that doesn't always mean that we're paying attention to them in a good way or or that. It can sometimes also indicate that things are happening that really bring these topics up for review. And so the last time Jupiter and Saturn aligned, they aligned in Taurus. Now, Taurus is all about money and earth and the material side of life. It's about, you know, things that are slow moving. It's got that kind of energy to it. And the last 20 years, there has been a huge focus on money. We've seen um, the gulf between the rich and the poor getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We've seen the rise of things like the Bitcoin, these alternative finances. We've also seen a lot of issues because it's earth around climate change, mm-hmm. around people wanting to yeah. take up the earth and use all the resources. And now, right now, at the time we are recording this, we also see Mother Earth fighting back. I mean, Mother Earth has been not happy. We've seen all these fires happening. Uh, I and mean, a lot of things have been really getting our attention now about money, about the earth. So, again, it's not always a positive thing, but there's a trend. There is a trend that happens when these two planets line up. So what we have to think about is we have to look at, okay, um, what are they lining up in? What does this mean? Now, when Jupiter and Saturn meet up again in December of 2020, what's happening then is they're meeting up in Aquarius. Now, Saturn and Jupiter have been lining up in Earth signs for a long time. This is their first step into air signs in probably, I think, like 300 years. And mm-hmm, That's right. Yeah, and what is Aquarius all about? Well, first of all, air signs in general are, are the realm of ideas. So when you think of the earth signs, which it's been in for quite some time, it's, again, it's the earth. It's our resources. It's our products. It's our money. Now it's about ideas. It's about thinking. It is about the higher mind. It's about communication. And more than anything, it is about science. Science is going to be in for a long time going forward. And so when it lines up into Aquarius, when I think of Aquarius, I always think of Aquarius as it's far out, it's high tech, it's innovation, it is also humanitarianism. Those are going to be the big themes for the next 20 years. And I think that's a good thing. I, I see this as a very inclusive and um, advanced thinking uh, conjunction. And I, I, I love the idea of it. Um, really being, as you know, about technology, because you know how I love technology. And, and, I mean, all of those topics are topics that I'm into, so I'm pleased. So anything (laughs) else that I forgot? 
No, I love that. I mean, I think the one thing that's worth saying is we've been, as you pointed out, with the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, um, they, you know, the last one was in Taurus. And we've been in this Earth phase astrologically for the last 300 years. And the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, which is on winter solstice for those of us in the northern hemisphere and uh, summer solstice for those of us in the southern um, is the day when the conjunction occurs. And that ushers us into, as you said, a new 300-year period, um, and it's going to be an air period. So the, the events in Aquarius kicks off that aerial period, and there's a lot that goes into that um, and that, you know, we should expect to see changing because of that. So I think you did a beautiful job articulating that. I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So let's go in now. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about business. How does this apply to business? How do you think this conjunction Aquarius is going to affect business? What are the themes and trends that we need to pay attention to as entrepreneurs if we really want to max this groovy vibe out? So, I mean, we're seeing some of these trends kind of start to make themselves known. Aquarius is an interesting sign, and a lot of people – in my opinion, even seasoned astrologers don't really get it. And part of the reason why is because as there are with all of the air signs, with Gemini, with Libra, and with Aquarius, there's kind of an opposite push-pull thing that's happening. And in the case of Aquarius, I would say the two forces have to do with community on the one hand, and technology on the other hand. The way that we often think about these things is that they're in opposition to one another. Technology um, keeps us from seeing people face-to-face. It keeps us from having real communities um, and real community experiences, like in real life. And then, you know, communities that we're a part of in real life often suffer from a lack of technology and a lack of tech savviness. So, you know, there's a lot of communities that we love, but it's like, you know, they're still sending out like a mail newsletter that like gets lost in your mailbox half the time. So, mm-hmm. so I think that the last, um, you know, the, the, the last several years, we've been certainly since the financial crash in 07, 08, we've, we've been working out the relationship between creating communities and and really caring for our communities and working with the best elements of technology. And I think that this is ground zero for businesses um, as we start this next cycle, both a 300-year cycle and a 20-year cycle, as, the, as you pointed out, Teresa, because this conjunction really gives us like a 20-year forecast. So the first thing from a business point of view is you have got to be figuring out what technologies make the most sense for you and implementing those in your business. We've already seen in 2020 um, how important it is to have, for instance, an online presence, Um, even for stores that traditionally did not need one, like brick-and-mortar retail shops, and whose whole thing was, you know, we're not a web store. We're a brick-and-mortar store you can go into. When quarantine happened and social distancing happened, all of a sudden, um, those stores needed a website, too. They needed a way for their patrons to buy and to support them. So if you're a business right now and you don't have a presence on the web, that needs to be remedied ASAP. 
Um, going along with that, if you're a business, you need to make sure that your your hard, you know, your your hardware, your computer, your phone, your laptops, your tablets, even your bandwidth, your modem, like all of those things are up to par. Um, you need to be running your tech, the tech part of your business as a business. And I also think that going along with this, um, we need to find ways, especially in heart-based businesses like those that we talked to, of creating one-of-a-kind, custom, unique experiences that really do allow for the kind of intimate connection that we get when we get together in groups. So everyone is going to have a different version of that. But Aquarius is about the way that we care for the group and the way that we work in the group and the the power that groups have. And so we don't want to forget that in, you know, getting ourselves technologically up to speed. We don't want to forget that Aquarius has this other component that deals with groups and congregations and communities and really forming a community around your work and being good members in the communities that you're a part of. I think that those things really matter. Another aspect for business, and again, we've sort of seen the like, you know, the the beginning stirrings of this. Aquarius, to my mind, is always the rebel. It's the activist. Um, Aquarian energy is about creating social change that ushers in a better future for everyone. And so to that end, businesses need to be future-facing, um, future-positive, and businesses that take um, humane political stances will be able to set themselves apart from businesses that don't. You know, under the aegis of Capricorn, the sign before Aquarius, you know, there there has been in place for many years kind of this, you know, don't ask, don't tell policy when it comes to a business's politics and to the politics of business leaders. I think in the age of Aquarius, that comes off. I think those walls come down. I think that patrons want to know what the political stances of the people that they're doing business with are, what causes businesses are supporting politically, and where they're not making their voices heard. And I think that that is going to become more of an issue. So those are some of the things that really um, come up for me that I see. What about you, Teresa? What, what, are you, what are you getting ready for as we enter into this new age? Well, I mean, first of all, everything that you say, I'm like nodding my head about, you know, the technology, the innovation, shaking things up, um, leading with your politics. And I know that, like you said, it's something that um, it's always been kind of a taboo thing. I I especially think as a tarot reader, sometimes people just want us to shut up and shuffle. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm always pretty outspoken about how I believe in things, not because I'm trying to stir up controversy, but I'm trying to find my like-minded people so that we can initiate the changes that we want. I'm looking to build community. And so I I think that that is something we all need to think about going forward. And I know lots of business owners that are really afraid to say, you know, what they believe in because they do not want to be seen as political. And they're worried that it's going to hurt their brand. But I think not speaking up, I think that's going to be a problem in the future. Because you're right, especially because, you know, also, the demographic is changing. The baby boomers, 
you know, are starting to become less of the consumer market for, like, I shouldn't say it, but what I'm seeing is more of the millennials. They are really becoming a big part of the market of consumers. And millennials, are ve- they have very strong feelings about their politics, about inclusion, about diversity, um, and the generations behind them as well. And if you are holding on to the old ways, I think you're going to, I think you're going to have some problems going forward. I really do. So just my two cents mm-hmm. on that. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. So we've talked about it kind of generally. Now I want to talk about implementation. What are some of the things you plan on doing for your business with this conjunction? Well, the biggest thing, and I've already been working on this, is more and more virtual work. You know, a couple of years ago, I stopped seeing people in person, and I think this is going to be the way for the future, especially, you know, we've had this pandemic raging this year, too. Uh, and so I already was on the trend of, okay, let's get more virtual, because, you know, of course, I look ahead to the planets, and I already, a couple of years ago, was looking at this Aquarian thing and thinking, girl, you better get on with this. You better get comfortable more and more on that way. And there were a couple other incidents that really propelled me into doing that. So, you know, really continuing um, doing my virtual work, but also that means for events. Uh, I think, you know, for me, I'm really rethinking things like conferences and events and live classes and things like that. And I do find that the virtual works so well. You can form amazing communities virtually. Uh, I mean, sometimes I even do that just through my live streams that I do on Instagram. You can make connections there. So the biggest thing that I think I'm going to be doing is continuing to really focus on um, connecting with people virtually, offering virtual classes, offering virtual events, and really getting away from the live in-person events thing. That That is one of the biggest things. And I know there are some people who are like, oh, my God, I want to go to a live thing. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, for some of us, it's really nice to be able to sit home and <laughs> plug in the computer. We don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I also yeah. think for me, this is me, and a lot of this has to do because of, you know, we've had this big virus thing. I plan on traveling less. I plan, again, on more of the virtual connection. So I am really going to be amplifying that part of my business. And, you know, frankly, I really find that I enjoy it quite a bit. I love not just technology, but I love connecting with people virtually. And it's something that I've been on, you know, kind of like um, riding that wave for some time. So that that's going to be the the biggest thing for me. What about you? I mean, what are some of the things, are there anything that you're going to be doing different for your business with this conjunction? I mean, for me, it's all tech, 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 virtual, 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 virtual. That is going to be my big goal going forward. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, such a good question. Um, I very much like you, you know, I've been looking ahead and I've had my eye on this conjunction for the last several years. And of course you um, <laughs> for me, right. I mean, you know, because we love to plan, we love to plan by astrology, both you and I do. And so, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it and I'm already pretty virtual. I mean, as a mom of two young children, like, you know, it's just not really practical for me to be going off, um, you know, traveling to different places and, and, you know, staying overnight in various places. Like, you know, I need to be at home with my kiddos. And so my business has been, you know, pretty much a hundred percent virtual with a few in-person events sprinkled here and there. 
for the last several years. For me, um, what I think this period is bringing about is a new level of optimization on the back end. So I'm really thinking about my client experiences. I'm thinking about what um, will make their experience of purchasing, participating, um, contributing, like, easier, more organized, more seamless. So it's nothing really sexy, like, immediately, but it'll feel really good once those optimizations are in place. But it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like tinkering under the hood. Um, mm-hmm. But since I am a virtual business, I want I want my virtual business to be, um, I want my, my people to still really feel like they're well taken care of. In fact, I think that's more important if you're a virtual business than if you aren't. I think if you're not a virtual business, you have a leg up on that because people come into a space and they feel like it's really this amazing, rich, wonderful experience. Whereas if you're a virtual business, you know, you really want your clients to feel like they are well cared for every step of the way of whatever their their transaction is, whether it's coming to your site to read your blog or buying something or, you know, leaving a comment on social media. Like, I want my people to know that I see them, I hear them, and I really deeply appreciate them. And so I'm looking at the ways that technology can help make that happen, make those reciprocal feelings happen. Let me ask you this, too. I know there are a lot of businesses, and this might really play into a theme of Saturn and Jupiter and Aquarius, that have a big team, that do all the work for them, where there really is a hands-on. Yeah. And the person yes. running the business really doesn't have much to do at all with the hands-on running the, of their business or any kind of connection with the people. You know, So what do you think about that as a trend? Do you think that is smart business, or do you think that lack of intimacy is going to be – hurtful for those those types of businesses. What do you think of that? That's a really, really good question. Um, I mean, on the one hand, Aquarius is the sign of groups. And so I could make an argument that, you know, Aquarius is the time to grow your employee group and to, you know, really learn how to make that group a community and a functional community and to lead that community. Um, But I will say that personally, I feel that as more and more things shift to online and shift to virtual, that one-to-one contact is really where businesses can differentiate themselves. Mm -hmm. So if I were starting, you know, you and I have the, the good fortune of being established businesses, especially in the virtual realm. You know, we've been online, on social media, we, we've published a couple of books. I mean, you've published several books. I've got my second book coming out. You know, so, I mean, we're, we have established ourselves. If I were starting a brand new business like today and I was trying to differentiate myself um, from all of the businesses that are out there already, you know, I would, I would do it virtually, but I would make it as like one on one and intimate as I possibly could. Um, you know, I would, I would really, I would almost make it feel like a boutique experience. I think that that, um, has a lot of power to it. I know for myself, like, you know, um, 
I am never going to have a team who, like, goes through my emails. People email right. me a lot of secret, confidential, pers- very personal um, information, and, and, and so that will never, ever, ever happen, you know. Um, it may take me, it takes me longer than it did five years ago to get back to people because I have a lot more emails to go through, but, but it will always be me that answers you. Um, I have a very small team. I have two um, helpers. One who, one who schedules all of my social media stuff, but I write it all. Um, and then one who does all of my tech stuff, um, which I mean, I'm super glad she does because I couldn't do all of it. So I keep my team very, very lean and mean and small. And I, I love the personal interaction. You know, I mean, that for me, that's the whole point of, of having the business that I have is that I get to talk to people directly and without some interface, without like having to go through some, you know, fancy mechanism. And so I feel like that's a huge value added. And I think as things become more virtual, that becomes more precious um, and shouldn't be something that's like scaled up without really careful thought about it because that also the bigger your team is the harder it is for people to access you and if people are in your community they're not coming for your team they're coming for you and so you can start to alienate people when they feel like it's too hard to get a hold of you it used to be a mark of like fanciness and success and now I think it's really seen as inauthentic which is a huge thing that Aquarius cares about so yes that's my thesis on that (laughs) <laughs> I agree. I, I mean, I wish you could see me right now. I'm just nodding my head. And the one thing I will tell you for myself, I'm an intimacy person. You know that. And if yes. I am coming to a business and I feel like you are so out of reach, I'm not interested. If I get handed over just to your team all the time, I'm not really interested in that. You know, so I'm not somebody who's going to be totally down with the idea of that. And the other thing I want people to think about, too, and, I mean, this is completely off topic, but a big team costs a lot of money, and a big overhead is very stressful if you're running a business. And I think going Mm -hmm. forward, now we've been in this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction thing in Taurus for how long? And so there's been a big energy around investing. And remember, Taurus is is not showy like Leo, right? But it still is showy nonetheless. It loves the Lux thing. It loves that. Um, so I think with Aquarian, I just don't think that's going to totally cut it. I think people are going mm-hmm. to want, like you said, authenticity. And if you're running a business, and again, if you've got that mindset that i got to have a big team and i got to be untouchable and I've got to be, you know, acting a certain type of way to convey an image of success, well, that becomes very, very very expensive to run and the more nimble you are when things are in air signs the more likely you can pivot very quickly when the wind changes yeah adaptability is huge for all of the air signs i still yeah. agree with that even aquarius mm-hmm. so you know yes. you're my magic woman uh and uh i think too people might be wondering are there rituals that we can do. And so one of the things I'd like to ask you, are there any rituals that folks can do to enhance this conjunction for their business? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, again, when we think about rituals, we we kind of want to take the situation that we're creating magic around down to its its basic 
uh, elements, if you will. And so, as we've said several times, Aquarius is an air sign. Um, and Aquarius also has an element of water, right? It, it is the Aquarius sign is the water bearer. So, when you're creating magic, um, you know, getting familiar with that and, and maybe incorporating air and water into any magic that you do. For instance, maybe you want to make an offering um, on the day of the conjunction. And so you might just take a stick of incense and light it and offer it up. And then you might want to take some fresh water. Maybe it's water that you've gathered from a sacred place to you and pour that out. Um, maybe at the base of like a large tree as a way to acknowledge that the conjunction is happening and a way to ask for growth um, in the same way that the tree is growing. You could also, for instance, create prayer flags. One of my favorite ways to work with air um, magically, um, you know, if you've seen the Tibetan prayer flags that they, they sell all over the place, you know, the idea behind prayer flags is really beautiful. Um, you take fabric, you write your prayer on it, and, of course, you can also draw your prayer. You can use symbols and whatever, however you want to create your petition. And then you hang it up. And of course, before you hang it up outside, you can, you know, sense it with sacred smoke. You can anoint it with oil. You can wash it in sacred waters. You hang it up outside. And the idea is that the wind takes your prayers and the wind takes your prayers um, off to where they need to go. And I think that's a really beautiful ritual to align with this energy. And the other thing that happens for those of you who have done prayer flags, you know this, is that a lot of creatures take parts of the flag. So I I have squirrel nets in my palm trees that are beautifully colored because they've used scraps from prayer flags to make their nests. And I've had birds take threads from flags to make their nests. That is very Aquarian because the whole community of creatures around you is getting involved in taking your prayers up and out into the world. So that's a really, that would be a beautiful ritual to do. Um, I also recommend because it is Aquarius and Aquarius in a way astrologically is like a deeper iteration of Mercury that the day of the conjunction, you carry your notebook with you. pen, pencil, or your phone, and you can record ideas that come to you. Because often when something is happening in Aquarius or something is happening with the planet Uranus, which rules Aquarius, we have these deep, brilliant insights, and they're like flashes of lightning, and you you need to get them down so that you don't forget about them, because there might be really something amazing that you want to share with people later. So those are some ideas for working ritually. Does that help, Teresa? Are there any that you like oh, no, to do those, for those this are kind great. of event? And I always have prayer flags. It's so cool that you bring this up. And, you know, I'm very much an air sign all the way. And I know that prayer flags are really, real. I mean, I believe in them. I, I think they they put some beautiful energy out there in the world, and which is, and prayer flags to me, the Tibetan prayer flags are the ones I have. You know, it is so Aquarian when you think about it because it is yeah. all about that whole praying for everybody and you know, so all of that. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I just love that so much. Yes. Yes, they're wonderful. So I want to ask, Teresa, I want to, my final question is about Pluto. So Pluto has been hanging out in Capricorn 
forever. But in a few years, it is going to move into Aquarius. And so I, I wanted to get your take on that. What do you, what do you think is going to be happening? What should we be looking for when Pluto shifts into Aquarius? Well, Pluto's been in Capricorn for a decade, and it's going to be there for, I think, till 2024. Oh, excuse me. And Pluto and Capricorn, first of all, for people who are new to astrology, Pluto is the planet that is all about transformation. It is the phoenix. It tears things down and rebuilds it, um, kind of like Saturn, but it's much slower, and it really does want to tear down the things that are no longer working. Now, it's been in Capricorn for all that time, and what is Capricorn about? Capricorn is about government it is about rules it is about traditions um you know it's it's conservative that is the energy that has been in the last 10 years and so pluto going through capricorn is really testing our structures uh, for both for business and also for government and it is really looking very closely at them and some things are crumbling in order for new things to be rebuilt you know, oftentimes Pluto and Saturn, both of them, they're the hard taskmasters. Nobody likes them. But once they're done with their transit, they leave the place better than where it found it. Now, the last time Pluto was in Capricorn was during the American Revolution. And what happened during the American Revolution? Well, we told England to stick it, and we formed a mm-hmm. new government, right? We formed something completely new and, you know, started democracy. The United States... Uh, is in their Pluto return. This is the same place it was in, again, when we went through the American Revolution. So, in a way, America is going through kind of like they're another revolution. This is a time of great, great change, and change can often be scary, and Pluto takes no prisoners. Now, when Pluto mm-hmm. goes into Aquarian, I, into Aquarius, I think Pluto's going to be much happier there. Uh, I think when Pluto goes into Aquarius, our government and the ways we're doing business are going to be very different. Uh, at that time, I think we will see this, the after effects of that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, and we're going to start to see what's possible. And I think 2024, when Pluto joins, I mean, Jupiter will be out of Aquarius by that time, and I think Saturn will too. But when Pluto gets in there, I think we have so much potential, so much untapped potential to really go far with our technology, to explore what's out there. I think humanitarianism, I think brotherhood. Is it the age of Aquarius? It might be. I mean, I think it's going to be a really exciting time to be alive and an exciting time to be in business. So, I mean, those are the things I'm thinking about with it. What do you think about Pluto and Aquarius? I love that. I really love that. I mean, I see Pluto as, you know, Taking, I see Pluto as a tower card, right? I see Pluto oh. as taking whatever is there down, you know, down to its studs in order to find the treasure that, like, the real treasure of of the situation. And I think in Capricorn, it's been very much about, you know, showing that all of these institutions that we collectively rely on. Um, are not all that they're cracked up to be, that there are some deep, fundamental, foundational problems with them. I think in Aquarius, we are going to see the ideas about the future 
radically called into question. And I think mm-hmm. what is going to come out of it, just like what's coming out of Pluto and Capricorn, is an emphasis on integrity and ethics in business that is really is really quite something to see. Um, I think what's going to occur with Pluto and Aquarius is that, you know, we're going to separate the fantasy from the reality when it comes to what is possible and what's next. And I think that we're going to see things develop that are straight out of good science fiction um, and figure out how to navigate those advances because that is always a tricky dance to dance. And I think we're also going to see certain ideas about the future that just no longer hold water. Like this is not, you know, um, that these things are not possible, the, you know, yeah. uh, unsustained, uh, non-sustainable growth that just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and never gets smaller. It's not possible, right? I mean, even thermodynamics tells us it's not. I think we're going to see science um, take a larger role in shaping what is to come, and I think that's going to be both positive and negative. I think there are going to be problems with it as well as a lot of benefits. And because Aquarius is the rebel, um, I think we're going to see magic play a much greater role. It, that is already happening, and I think we're going to see people actively enchanting for the kind of life and the kind of future that they want on a scale that we probably haven't seen since before the Enlightenment, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that's going to be pretty awesome. I'm excited about it, too. I think we are... I think the future is going to be bright. I think it is going to be exciting. And, you know, when some people are looking at everything right now and feeling a lot of doom and gloom, I'm like, just wait. Just wait. It will get better. I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. That's the beauty of astrology, right, is, like, as you see the phases and you see the changes. Like, you know, yeah. you know that, like, this is where we are, but this is where we're headed. And so there's, there's always something new over the horizon. And everything also always goes in cycles, which is the other thing astrology teaches us. Yes. And speaking yeah. of cycles, sometimes cycles also have to come to an end. And that wraps up this episode of Talking Shop. But also for folks that are listening, this will be our last episode. We've given you a lot to work with. Over the years, there is a huge body of work um, on every single aspect about being a mystical entrepreneur. But now we're using this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction to innovate in new areas. So this is our little goodbye to you guys. Bree, what do you want to add to that? That we have so enjoyed creating these shows for all of you. We truly hope that you put some of the ideas and the possibilities that we've presented to work in your life and for your business. Business can be really hard and really tricky, but if you have dedicated yourself to being a sacred artist, to being a mystical entrepreneur, then you should know that there's always a way, right? There's always a way to optimize, to improve, to make things better. Um, you have the power to do that. That's, that's the gift of entrepreneurialism, right, is that you have the power to make those decisions. And so we hope that you take that power and you do amazing, beautiful things with it because the world very much needs that. And while this is the end of Talking Shop, this is not the end of Teresa and I 
doing exciting ventures together. So if you love us, keep an eye out on both of us because we have some exciting things up our sleeve for the future. We Because we're thinking about the future. It's a very Aquarian thing. That's so, right. folks, before we sign off, and Brie, you know I can't quit on you. You know I can't. Oh, I know. We're too, we're too into each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, before we sign off, a happy reminder, if you love Talking Shop, don't forget, you can go back and listen to all the previous shows for free. And you can find them by visiting the Talking Shop archives on my page. Go to thetarolady.com. Click on the podcast tab. You're going to want to once again click again on Talking Shop, and boom, you're there. And, Bree, where can they find the podcast on your site? Everyone, just head over to com. Click on the free resources tab, and you will see the Talking Shop archives show up right there. All right. Well, that's it. So, um, folks, if you want to work with me in any way, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. Bree, where can they find you if they want to hang out in your world? Everyone, you can find me at com. Thanks again so much for listening and for making Talking Shop such a fabulous experience for both Teresa and myself. We hope, as always, that you keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. We hope that you stay on your grind and you make it a great year or 20 years or 50. We know that you will.